Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. start welcome in glad to see you guys we had a bit of an emergency here in the house um crisis kind of averted we had to we had to do a wardrobe change and that's all right you know things happen parenthood and whatnot but we're all good the smells linger which is not good but everything has been taken care of and only about seven minutes late this morning so anyway glad to see you guys and uh yeah feeling good off to an interesting start this morning. I got to read up on the whole pole assassin thing, which is just hysterical. Not going to be talking about pole assassin today, though. I'm going to save that for the radio show. Although this is more of the platform to do it, because, I mean, who knows if Richard will actually want to engage on pole assassin conversation, but we'll see. Um, yeah, no pole assassin here. But I'm on team pole assassin, though. I think that she is right here. Until I'm presented with new evidence, I believe pole assassin over the the other the alternative story. We'll see. Anyway, anyway, welcome in. I'm Michael Borky. Glad to see you guys. We're talking about lines and stuff today. There's a lot on the line this weekend. Uh, no pun intended. There. I mean, we're going to look at the Vegas odds and whatnot, but um, there's a lot on the line this weekend. A lot of interesting, real like interesting storylines this weekend especially compared to last weekend especially involving Mississippi State I think this is a huge game for Sam Pittman I think this is there's more pressure on him certainly uh, than Mike Leach uh, as, a, as a home favorite they've kind of free fallen a little bit uh, since their impressive start uh, big game for him big game for Mississippi State of course uh, I mean you know trying to Keep this momentum going. You've got a difficult game with Auburn after this one. You know, tough road game here. So a lot there. We've got the Hugh Free story with Ole Miss. I mean, Auburn, Texas A&M, which should just be a really fun college football game in a great environment. Uh, Tennessee's at Kentucky. You know, this is a spot where I think Kentucky can lose again, possibly. Uh, they're only a one-point favorite at home, so that tells you all you need to know. Uh, Alabama, would be big favorite at home against LSU. A lot going on this weekend in college football. So I'm here to talk about it with you. Don't forget tonight, the college football playoff rankings will come out and we can put the AP poll to bed forever. Finally, finally. I appreciate the college football playoff doing it this way, by the way. Seeing games first before we rank teams, uh, not using implicit preseason bias uh, to shape the way you rank these teams, letting a season get played into November before you put these rankings out. I respect that. I like how it's done, but they need to get it right tonight. They need to get it right tonight. They won't, but they need to get it right tonight, and they will not. Ohio State's going to be number three, and Oregon's going to be number seven, but Oregon beat Ohio State, and they have identical records. Watch. It's going to go down just like that, and you know it, and everybody knows it. But at least we have that tonight to talk about tomorrow. 
things to really complain about. I can't wait to do it with you uh, tomorrow. So I'll get to a lot of your message messages came in. So we'll get to those first and then get into uh, the lines. Uh, Chris said, so the Lions versus the Bulldogs. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Chris, I, I, I am, I'm surprised, but I'm not. There are a lot of people that truly think, there are people that truly think that the Georgia Bulldogs would line up with and compete with the Detroit Lions. There are people that think that. And if you think that, I, I'm here to tell you how wrong you are to think that. I mean, aside from the obvious that Georgia is a team that maybe has 25 to 30, a lot of future NFL players on it. Again, future NFL players on that team. Uh, That is not the 53 that the Detroit Lions have. And they are older. They've been in the league for a while. I mean, just look at, it's such a silly conversation. I can't even believe, I know you're joking, of course, but I can't even believe I engage with these people. Because if you look at Detroit and who their wide receivers are, who their running back is, by the way, DeAndre Swift, and their offensive line, the Detroit Lions offensive line, their rookie left tackle is one of the best left tackles to ever play college football. Their offensive line has a collection of guys that Georgia has not played against one this year, as good as those five. The, the Detroit Lions would line up and run the football right at Georgia and score on basically every possession. The fact that people even think that Georgia's 19-year-olds would line up across from the Detroit Lions' 27-year-olds who have been in the league for years, who are the best of the best of the best in college football, and think that they could actually stop them is just, just mind-blowing. Like, N'Kobe Dean is great. Georgia's defensive line is great. Those guys are going to end up being NFL players. They're not right now. You've got a bunch of 28-year-olds and the best, one of the best offensive tackle prospects ever as their rookie on that line, and you think that Georgia would be able to line up and compete with those guys? Look at where they came from. Look at who their wide receivers are. Look at who their running back is. You're telling me that they could stop those? I mean, give me a break. It's just, it's such a goofy conversation. Uh, the, The NFL players are older. They're the best of the best of the absolute best in college. The entire roster is NFL players. The practice squad of 15 guys are all NFL players. It's a joke that people even actually think that. It blows my mind that people think a college team could compete with even a team as bad as the Detroit Lions. They wouldn't have a shot, not a shot in hell. Zero percent chance, zero. Detroit would win somewhere 63 to nothing. Seriously, you think Stetson Bennett is scoring on an NFL defense? Come on. Come on. Anyway, Patrick says, I'm just curious to who scheduled Ole Miss to have such an early bye week, the SEC. This would have been the perfect week for them to have one and get some guys healed up. Yeah, that's that's an SEC thing. Uh, the early bye is completely out of their control. Uh, it sucks. It really does. Ole Miss needs a week off. And I think this week, I know a lot of people are scared of Liberty or whatever. This is a this is a week where you can get Dontario Drummond healthy. If you need Dontario Drummond to beat Liberty, then you're not beating AM in Mississippi State. Like it doesn't matter. So this is a week to get him healthy. This is a week to get Sanders healthy. This is a week where you hand the football off a lot and take a lot of pressure off of Matt Corral. Tell him to slide early, throw the football away, really protect him with your play calling, run the football a lot, 
and continue to give it to Jacor Pearson. Like that's the kind of week this is. I know Malik Willis is good. He's a good player. Uh, the the offensive line in front of him is possibly the worst that Ole Miss has seen this year. For a defense that's playing as well as they are, for a pass rush that's getting after the quarterback as well as they are right now, they will feast. I mean, Willis is good. He might make some things uncomfortable, but this is not that kind of a not that kind of a game. So it's you, you would love this to be East Tennessee State instead of, of Liberty or Furman instead of Liberty, but this still is a week where you can get those receivers that are banged up, specifically Drummond and uh, and Sanders, and just give them the week off. This is that kind of a game, or at least it should be. Memphis Rebel says, watch Leach throw the ball 65 times a week after establishing the run. <laughs> well, defenses will be more prepared for it, I suppose. Um, it, but that, that was a sound strategy. It opened things up. Kentucky had to play downhill a little bit, and it opened things up over the top. I mean, it, you look at the, the rushing totals, and State ran the football a lot, the the final number doesn't look as good as it was early. It was effective early, and then Kentucky started stacking the box and then changed things a little bit. But just the threat of the run really opened things up for State. They got to do it again this week or they're going to lose. They have to continue to run the football like this. Maybe not 30-plus carries, but somewhere in the 20s. Because I think Arkansas is good enough defensively to at least make – if State's going to be – we're throwing it 65 times, and we're going to hand the ball off seven, eight, nine times. Arkansas is good enough to limit that and win. But if State's relatively balanced, like they were last week, they have a really good shot at winning. they got to keep doing that. Texas, North Carolina opening as a favorite over Wake Forest is a thing. Well, I cannot wait for Wake Forest to win that game, let me tell you. Um, I mean, North Carolina's playing seemingly a little bit better lately, and they do have you know, decent quarterback, some good playmakers. But just another chance for Wake Forest to prove that they belong. Memphis Rebel, it's grown men versus college kids for the most part. Yes, exactly. Look at the ages of the Lions. Just look at the ages of the Lions. Not just what they did in college, because they were all elite in college, but what they have done since then. They've been able to grow five, six, seven, eight years and focus on football only, and get bigger and stronger and faster, and they play in more intricate schemes. It's just, it's the, the conversation is so silly. It's I've wasted time on it. Again, it bothers me so bad I waste time telling you that I'm wasting time talking about it. What an idiot I am. Anyway, but NFL players only play for money. College players play for passion. <laughs> we'll have more heart, and that would make them win, Borg. <laughs> I hear you. Brown Yee says, yeah, but State can't run the ball just to run it. It has to be at the right time. They do. Um, and they do. I mean, they have better running. People don't give them credit for the talent they have at running back. Now, some people around here try to convince you that they have better backs than Ole Miss, and, you know, that's that's just not true. Uh, but they are good. They, they can be effective. Um, just the threat of it. It doesn't have to be brilliant. I mean, look at again, look at the numbers. They were better early. Uh, but it's not like State ran all over Kentucky. It's not like they had 175 yards rushing on eight yards per carry. It was just the existence of the running game forced Kentucky to play downhill a little bit more and open up things 
in the back end, and that's in part why Rodgers was able to have such a great day because there, there weren't eight guys back in coverage trying to throw the football, covering guys deep, so having to check it down and getting three yards per pass, it, it opened things up. So just the existence of the run game, just the existence of the run game really opened things up for them. Chris says, sorry, sorry, Bork Williams says, can't say college team can't beat NFL. Why did they stop playing the All-Star game? I mean, you want to bring something from 50 years ago and use that as an example of why it would be the same thing today. That's fine, but that's not how it would go down today. Not even close. I mean, I have I've heard NFL players, former NFL players, talk about this very conversation and the way they describe the difference between college and the NFL now is is so stark that that it really it, it's impossible it would not happen it's impossible um things have changed a lot since the 70s a, a lot in terms of what nfl players are the the hyper focus of these athletes the development of them the the, the way the game is played things have changed a, a lot you don't have guys smoking in the locker room at halftime anymore it's very different, very, very different now. Memphis Rebel says, there's people trying to convince Ole Miss fans that Rodgers is better than Corral, but we won't get into that. No, we won't get into that. I mean, even – I understand why fans do stuff like that. I really do, and, and I'm not going to make fun of it too much. Fans love their guys. They love their guys, and they'll fight to the death for their guys. State fans love Will Rogers. I mean, I've had people tell me that um, – Rodgers is better for Leach's system than Corral, and, and that's just goofy. That, that How? It, that doesn't make any sense. Um, one is significant. Nah, one is more talented than the other. Rodgers is getting better. He's still just like, what, 14 starts in his career, just now getting over one season's worth of starts. He, he's, he's developing and looking really good. And so, you know what? It's not a conversation worth having because you guys know, and, and that's fine. But some people trying to convince you that it's just inaccurate. It's just inaccurate, but that's okay. Again, maybe Alabama a few years ago, no shot, 0%. I mean, I, I have heard interviews from people that have played on these elite college teams that are like, no shot. I got to the NFL and 0%. Like, no way. Absolutely no way. It could have happened. And... Uh, I mean, all-star games. Have you ever seen an all-star game where somebody gives maximum effort? That's – anyway. Brownie says, and supposedly that seven or eight-yard running touchdown was a play that Rodgers checked into, so that's promising. Yeah, man, he's developed. Like, he's – he is really coming into his own um, looks. What I've been screaming about for weeks is when he throws – when he tests defenses vertically – He's good at it. He just didn't do it enough. Uh, missed some wide open receivers, not missed like bad throw. I mean, did not see them uh, earlier this season. Didn't look like that was the case uh, this past Saturday. This game this weekend is fascinating because Arkansas somehow is a five-point favorite. Five-point favorite at home against Mississippi State. And a lot of people asked us on the radio show yesterday. I've gotten asked some about, why is it that State's not ranked? Why is it that they're still an underdog? And, and the answer is consistency. This isn't the only game that State's played well. I mean, they didn't just beat Kentucky. They went to College Station and won. They beat 
a ranked NC State team who's who's not anymore. The problem is what happened since the NC State game. What happened after? What happened before the A&M game? What happened after? They, they've, they've been very inconsistent. They have wins over A&M in College Station, dominating Kentucky, uh, who was in the top 15 at the time, still ranked Kentucky. But they have a loss to Memphis mixed in there. They have a loss to LSU mixed in there. They played very poorly. Alabama, it's not a measuring stick. That's what I kept trying to tell people. It's not a measuring stick. The rosters are so different that it's not worth using that as a, well, you can't beat Alabama, therefore you stink. Like It's not a conversation worth having. But they did not play well. They played very poorly. Rodgers made mistakes. It's the consistency. That that's what is keeping people away from state being a favorite on the road. Because they're they're not a consistent football team right now. Or at least they haven't proven that they can be. Yes, they beat Vanderbilt. Everybody's gonna beat Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt's awful. So I think this is the odds makers. I think this is the poll voters. And hell, you might see them get ranked tonight. Still waiting to see them do it against teams with a pulse multiple times in a row cuz cuz there's just been a lot of a lot of this with state they beat NC state they lose to LSU you know, they beat A&M but they lost to a really bad Memphis team it is uh see you Chris glad to uh, glad to have you man um they've just been a very inconsistent football team that's what the that's what voters that's what odds makers are waiting for and that's why you see a line like this this is a big game for state to see if they actually have that if there is if they have the ability to be consistent to string performances against teams with pulses together in a row can will rogers have another game where he has a high level of efficiency without making any mistake throws because he didn't make i i don't remember of his 40 passes that he threw one mistake throw one throw where i thought eh not not one so can he do that again? Can the offensive line protect that well again? Arkansas, for all of their flaws, have a talented quarterback, good wide receivers, and a good running game. Can that defense do that again? And they've really done it all year. That's not been State's issue. But that's what was on the line for them this weekend, I think, is, is consistency. Is this who they are now, or is the Kentucky game just who they can be? Are they there yet? Or are they still showing flashes of what they can be? That's really what I'm looking forward to seeing is, will that be them now? Is that Mississippi State now? And by the way, that game being buried on the SEC network stinks. I I can't stand that. I understand why. Like, I get why LSU Alabama is at 6 o'clock on ESPN. I get why Tennessee Kentucky is at 6 o'clock on ESPN, too. I get it. But this game is going to be significantly better than that of LSU-Alabama. Like, way, 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 way better. And also way better than Florida-South Carolina. So why did this one get buried at the 3 o'clock time, opposite uh, Auburn and uh, A&M? But anyway, William says, I had to take the vaccine yesterday. I I hear you, man. I got it a a long time ago, and uh, the only side effect I had was a sore arm. So you'll be all right. Just, um, you know. Check your phone. See if you're getting some really quality 5G. <laughs> um, Fireman says, State having Arkansas and Auburn back-to-back. I think they dropped both games. It's uh, it's, inter- it's That's a really tough uh, 
schedule for them. Of course, they do get the pseudo buy before the Egg Bowl, so that helps them a ton. But having to go back to back to Arkansas and to Auburn, that's tough. That's uh, that's really tough, and their um, their consistency is going to be measured. Brown Yeti says the crap sandwich that has really good bread. The bread between beating NC State and AM. Exactly. This is a big test for them. It's a big test for them. I also think this is a big game for Sam Pittman. I mean, that, that's from a from a national or, or a regional perspective, not local, because of course everybody around here is watching from the Mississippi State side of things. But from the regional perspective, Arkansas is treading dangerously close to doing exactly what they did last year. Fast start. Great story. Sam Pittman. Everybody loves Sam Pittman, and, and, and I do. I, I respect the job he's done. His players seem to really, really love him. And I mocked the hire because Arkansas whiffed on a bunch of candidates, and, and I mocked the hire. But Arkansas last year was a better story than football team. And they didn't have the roster that was prepared to be a good football team. But here we are again. They got off to a hot start. They win four in a row. They beat Texas. They beat Texas A&M. And here's Arkansas, you know, ranked really highly. And then they go to Athens and are non-competitive. Then they give up 52 points and a loss to Ole Miss. And then they lose to Auburn at home. And here comes Mississippi State. This is a huge, 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 huge game for Sam Pittman. Because losing this one, they still have Alabama on the schedule. Luckily, they get to go to LSU, and they have Missouri still remaining. But this is a big one. This is an important one to, to stop a free fall that Arkansas is currently on. So that's what I'm looking for in that game. Ole Miss and Liberty, Memphis Rebel, that 9.5 is only based on Hugh and the injuries with a question mark. I'm not worried about it, by the way. Memphis Rebel says I do, even with the injuries, think Ole Miss wins 45-24. to 24. Um, I think they might even score more than that. But yeah, that's that's really what it's based off of. It's a, Malik Willis gets a lot of benefit of the doubt, which is mind blowing to me. By the way, it, Pro Football Focus's obsession with Malik Willis—I swear they're getting paid for that. I swear uh, that happens more than you think. By the way, uh, favors for favorable coverage—that happens a lot. Uh, their obsession with him is mind blowing, especially after going to Middle Tennessee and throwing three interceptions, and then going to Monroe and throwing three interceptions and a loss to Louisiana Monroe. He's talented. He's very talented. He's a good quarterback. Uh, not the best in college football. Not the best draft-eligible quarterback in college football. Uh, I would take Kenny Pickett over him if I were an NFL team. I would take Matt Corral over him if I were an NFL team. But, you know, whatever. That's just me. Um, I've watched this Liberty team a handful of times this year. And the thing that I take away from the most is they are carried by a talented quarterback in a pretty good scheme. Around him, though, it's just not there. The, their offensive line is is awful. Like I said earlier, I think this is going to be the worst one that Ole Miss has seen this year. Seriously, worse than Tulane. <laughs> FCS game notwithstanding. So against teams that are giving out 85 scholarships, this is the worst offensive line I think Ole Miss will see this year. They got absolutely abused by Syracuse up front. Abused. I mean, brutal. Uh, I don't think Willis has enough around him, especially with how Old Miss's defense is playing, to really do a bunch, you know? Um, I, I think this is a sucker line. I, I would put my mortgage on Old Miss minus nine and a half. I, I would. I, I would put 
my mortgage on that, uh, even with all the injuries from Ole Miss, because I think at the end of the day, Ole Miss can just line up and run the football right at Liberty and not throw a pass and, and probably still win this game comfortably. I got to tell you guys, I, I am sick. I'm sick of talking about Hugh Freeze. And I can't avoid it. You, you guys would be shocked. So, so I was flipping uh, through YouTube the other day, Saturday night after, as my post game was was uploading. Um, there was somebody with a YouTube channel, an Ole Miss based YouTube channel, and not like credentialed media, although it looks like those just are given to anybody now. Um, but not like you know, not like Neil and Chase's YouTube show, not not that, but just like a random YouTube guy talking about Ole Miss and. The comments, oh, Ole Miss, we Ole Miss fans miss Hugh Free so much. We'd love to have him back as our coach, and we miss you, coach, and all that. Uh, we get texts into the radio show all the time about Hugh Freeze and how um, he's going to be fired up and his boys are going to be ready to play and Ole Miss better be scared. And Ole Miss wishes they could have Hugh Freeze back and all this stuff. I mean, I, we get that all the time. And I, I really... I've we I've talked about this so much that I'm really sick of talking about it because I say the same things over and over and over and over and over again because it bears repeating. Yes, yes, there were some great times at Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze. He did beat Alabama twice. But also, what did Alabama do in 2014 and 15? What did Ole Miss do? Alabama went to the playoff and won a championship in those years. But anyway, that did happen. The Sugar Bowl happened. That was a lot of fun, I'm sure. Everybody had a great time. And then your program was embarrassed at multiple levels. Um, the product on the field slipped and became garbage. Uh, the NCAA gave you two postseason bans and then scandal. Your program was cratered, cratered. How, how, I, I wish he would have been able to coach the 2017 team. Because I, I wouldn't get messages like that. We we wouldn't get stuff like that. If if he got to coach the 2017 team, uh, how bad they were, how bad they would have been, completely lost the locker room. It, it just it is really mind-blowing to me that you have Ole Miss fans that still say things like, oh, coach, I want you back. I miss you so much. I don't understand it. And I am so ready to never have to talk about this again. I, I'm so ready for that because I'm sick of it. I, I, I what I want for for you, and I, I say this about if you're state fan still hanging on. I know what I've noticed is when I'm talking about Ole Miss, the state fans leave. When I'm talking about state, the Ole Miss fans leave. Um, I've noticed that, but what what I want for for both programs in this state is to hold themselves to higher standards. I talk about that a lot. Increase your expectations. Is it harder to win here than at Alabama? Sure, it is. But, I mean, Dan Mullen had State one egg bowl away from a playoff appearance. Ole Miss was a fourth and 25 away from winning the SEC championship because Florida was without Will Greer at that point. That's when he tested positive for PEDs. Whoever won the West was winning the SEC championship. And an SEC champion getting left out of the playoff with two losses, they would have at least had an argument. It can be done here. So raise your expectations. Expect more because you can win here. I, I preach that all the time to people here. Raise your expectations. This is what I'm talking about. 
the hero worship of Hugh Freeze because he won a damn Sugar Bowl with three losses, one of which was to Memphis. That's small-time stuff. That's small-time stuff. Hold yourself to a higher standard. The, the, the love and, and just all this stuff for somebody that won a Sugar Bowl who cratered your program, cratered your program, cratered it, and embarrassed it on the way out is not somebody you want back if you hold yourself to a higher standard. If you care about your program at all, that is not somebody you want back at all. What you should want, it's just my opinion, what you should want is to beat Liberty by 45 points and not acknowledge the person at all. Not, don't, nope, I wouldn't even boo. Just, there he is. Beat him by 45 and never talk about him again. That that would be the ideal scenario. But there are people that need to hold themselves to a higher standard. It applies to Mississippi State as well. Although they don't have a Hugh Freeze that they're hero worshiping right now. But hold yourself to a higher standard. If you want Hugh Freeze back, that is small time. And that's why you've – that mentality brings you down. Lane Kiffin talked about it in his press conference last week about bowl eligibility. He said, I didn't even notice, and we need to get people to stop caring about that around here because that's not an accomplishment. At least somebody's willing to say it. The fans need to take up on that as well. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm done with it. It's exhausting to me. How you can want that person coaching your program again after what happened is mind-blowing, especially with what you've got right now. Like, I get having that feeling in the Matt Luke era, but having that feeling right now, how can you feel that way anymore? (sighs) Memphis Rebel says, I also think if Altmaier did start, he wouldn't have a bad game. I agree with that. I mean, they would take a lot of pressure off him, too. They They would run the football a lot, do a lot of easy passes. He looked capable, though. He's capable. Oh, he's just a freshman. <laughs> he's just a freshman. I, I expect Corral to play. I do. I, I think that the, the people inside that program still feel like there's an outside shot at a trophy, at least you know getting invited to New York, which is big for your program, to get him invited. Uh, unless the trainers tell him not to go, I expect him to go. And they just they scheme to protect him, get the ball out fast, if you have to run slide early, like really early, that kind of stuff, really protect him and probably have a quick hook as well. Like if you get at some point, if you have a significant lead, play Altmire, give him a quick hook, that kind of thing. Fireman says Lane wins by three or more touchdowns versus burner phone freeze. Um, if Ole Miss was fully healthy, it would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 14 if they were fully healthy, maybe a little bit closer. Williams says, I wouldn't take that Liberty quarterback with a hundreds pick. I would. I think he's talented enough for that. But I hear you. I get your point for sure. I, I mean, I, I think he's talented. He is. He's very talented. He's very talented. But first-round picks don't lose to Louisiana Monroe. Number one overall picks don't lose to Louisiana Monroe on a night where they turn the football over three times. I don't know. I, I mean, I... We'll see. We'll see this weekend. I, I don't think he's good enough to win this game on his own. There, there's too much of a talent deficiency between the two. Brown Yates says, what's crazy, a state was supposed to be 6-6 six and six at best before the season, and the FBI comes out and puts us 6 or 8 and say we'll go 8-4. and four. So this year doesn't shock me. It shouldn't. I, I mean, look, even if state happens to lose you know, three of the next four or whatever, 
and go six and six, I think you've seen enough to understand that there is direction. There is forward movement in your program. And I don't think they're going to go one and three to finish the season. I, I do think that they, they're going to win at least two of the next four and finish seven and five. And if that's the case, clear step forward, a quarterback that's clearly progressing, do whatever you can to keep Zach Arnett because his defense is phenomenal. Uh, there's clear direction. If if they go two and two in the last four, there is clear forward progress and direction, and that's something you should be happy about. Yeah, Fireman, I I I can't believe that that is the case, but I hear it every day. Every day we get some comment about Hugh Freeze. Oh, if he coached at LSU, he'd win five national championships. Couldn't handle the pressure there. Couldn't handle the pressure at Ole Miss. There's no pressure here. There's none. The media, there's no media scrutiny. There's no pressure. Nothing. It's the easiest job. If you just black out your phone records, you're still the coach there today. There's no pressure, no scrutiny whatsoever. They might have gone 4-8 and eight that year with him. Yes, in 2017, it would have been something like that. Yeah. It's a shame that we didn't get to see that through because I wouldn't get the, the comments that I, I get all the time. William says, the NFL draft was embarrassing on a night Ole Miss should have celebrated. Yep. Yep. That's also what happens when you protect players from the media. They don't know how to handle media, and then they truthfully answer questions. If you let them in your program for three years talk to media all the time, then they're not flustered by basic questions. That's another thing we do really, really wrong. Brownie says, I'm still here. I'm an SEC fan with a list of 1 through 14, soon to be 16. Yeah, keep AM at the bottom of that. With Texas Tech thrown in, depends on what SEC team they're playing. I like it. Williams says, Crowd named semifinalist for the Maxwell Award. Uh, like Eli, I think he wins, but not the Heisman. Kenny Pickett might as well. I mean, even in their loss last week, he threw for a billion yards. He's a gamer, man. He's a really good player. I don't think he's got the talent um, of Corral, but he's a gamer for sure. Uh, if I were an NFL team, I'd be excited about Kenny Pickett also. Um, yeah, it, it, he's got that, you know, sometimes it's hard to quantify in the stats people, the analytics people don't like it, but he's just got whatever it is. When you watch him play, it's just like, he's got it. I don't, I don't know what to call it, but it is what a guy like him has. He's got it. Uh, you see it when you watch Matt Corral play. Um, whatever it is. He's got it. And so I would be excited about him if I were an NFL team as well. Other lines this weekend. Uh, Missouri is a 38-point underdog at Georgia. Um, Auburn, four-and-a-half-point road underdog in College Station. That's a big, big game there. Uh, Should be an incredible atmosphere. LSU, I know they fired their coach, and they're already looking at Mel Tucker and James Franklin and, and all these people, but could you imagine two years ago, Two years ago, two seasons ago, not even two full years, after LSU goes undefeated, wins the national championship with the best season in college football history. And I told you, two seasons from now, they will be 28.5-point underdogs in Tuscaloosa. You wouldn't have believed me. I mean, I wouldn't have believed me. It's crazy how far they have, uh, they've fallen. And I think Alabama will win that game like 45-14. Like, it, it won't even be remotely close. They'll cover that spread. Um, Tennessee's at Kentucky, just a one point line there with Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, the ball's coming off of a bye. 
that's an interesting spot for Kentucky. I think that's a game that Tennessee absolutely can win. And uh, Josh Heupel will get a, a signature victory, I think, this coming weekend. And then Florida's at South Carolina. By the way, everybody's spinning that Dan Mullen comment about recruiting, and I understand why. Dan Mullen's kind of a jerk, and I know people don't like him, and so it's easy to do. But that clip that's circulating yesterday of Mullen talking about recruiting, and he said, we'll do recruiting at the end. We're in the season right now. We'll do recruiting at the end of the season. We'll talk about it then. He's not saying we will start recruiting at the end of the season. That's not what he's saying. And anybody spinning that is – that's not what he's saying. They are recruiting during the season. What he's saying is we – you, the media, and me will talk recruiting when the season's over. Right now, let's talk about games, not recruiting. That's what he was saying. Come on. I know people don't like Mullen. I don't like Mullen. But that's what he was saying was we will talk about recruiting when it's over, but right now we're in season mode. Not, I don't recruit during the season. That's not what he's saying. Come on. Uh, Memphis Rebel says, Crowell will be one of those players, if healthy, will test good at the combine and people will be unreasonably surprised. Absolutely. There will be, and NFL people don't watch that much college football, but uh, there will be people that will be surprised at how he tests and and what he looks like at his pro day and, and stuff like that especially with agility, athleticism kind of stuff. Yeah. And he'll have months to recover before then. Brown Yeti says A&M will probably get bumped down to 14 with divisions, probably going away. Texas is probably going to get to 16. I don't know. I may switch them at Oklahoma. I hear you. I hear you. William, and you're right. Coaches can't talk about players anyway. So it's not a good answer. He could have given a much better answer. I'm not here to say that he handled that perfectly, but the people that are taking that clip and spinning it as, oh, this is a terrible answer. Mullen doesn't even recruit. Yes, he he does. That's not what he was saying at all. And here I am defending Dan Mullen. But anyway, run a little long this morning. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Subscribe to the YouTube channel right there. Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe there. Like the video also if you don't mind. And I'll see you guys with college football playoff rank tomorrow morning. And then on the radio this afternoon. Anyway, see you all tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.